Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special OSCERT conference podcast. I'm Patrick Gray. Risky.biz's coverage of the OSCERT 2010 conference is brought to you exclusively by Microsoft Forefront. Thanks, guys. And in this podcast, we chat to two guys from Australia-based security firm Stratsec. Ben Bromhead and Ken Hendry spend their lives up to their armpits in Windows mobile devices. They actually do the worldwide common criteria evaluations for Windows mobile devices right here in Australia. As a result, these guys know a thing or two about mobile device security. In their presentation, titled simply Mobile Security, the two looked at common threats to mobile devices and some mitigations, which actually, as it turns out, are quite effective. So I caught up with them after their presentation for this interview. Uh, The first person you'll hear speaking is Ben Bromhead. Enjoy. Um, so the main points that we actually covered off was just identifying the, the threats and risks associated with um, smartphones in an enterprise environment. Um, and then I guess we kind of followed a structure that would be very familiar to those guys that do um, SRMP, you know, threat risk analysis. So we identified the threats, the risks, looked at some controls, looked at how you manage these controls, um, you know, included a couple of examples that kind of brought it back from that higher level back into the real world and hopefully mentioned a few gotchas yeah a few well. gotchas and um hopefully some people thought during <laughs> the the presentation and actually thought oh i might do this when when i get back home i might start enforcing group policy on my mobile devices so yeah so did you guys actually step through some some attack scenarios and if so what were they ken tell us uh, so we had i guess we grouped four different uh threats Mm-hmm. To the environment, we had um, yeah, data loss, data breaches. Um, we looked at malicious software. Uh, we also looked at communications interceptions, weak encryption, um, and then the age-old everyone's favourite user misuse. Yeah, um, the yeah. the one that actually gets us all into trouble. Ex- exactly, exactly. You know, people have got to still use computers as much as we don't want them to. Okay, now of those four categories, I understand that stuff being in the wild, like malware, there's actually not a lot of it out there. Is that is that right? Um, uh, there are some, but in, as, as what we've seen, they've really been proof of concept and they've also been hitting devices that aren't operating in the configuration they're supposed to. So the main example that we used was the iPhone Rickroll. It hit all the jailbroken iPhones. The reason why it hit the jailbroken iPhones is because they're disabled app signing. Um, and it's just an absolutely beautiful example of how efficient app application signing is. Um, you might question Apple's reasons, whether it's DRM or whether it's actually enforcing security, but it works. So that's it. I mean, what you're saying is why scan stuff on the device when you can have signed code? It, exactly. And you've actually got a greater level of assurance because not only will it undergo, you know, heuristic analysis um, by a program to the same standard as what it would undergo, or if not better on your device, but you also have um, Apple's developers, whether you trust them or not, actually going through the code to make sure it, you know, meets certain standards. Um, we all know, you know, like with bastions of security like Safari, I mean, you know, of course we trust them. <laughs> yes, that is true. Um, but I guess it's it's a step up. You know, it's not going to get you to the holy grail of security, but is it, it is a step up from just having um, a program scan your stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Ken, tell us, uh, yeah, this, this walled garden uh, idea that, you know, you've got this, this, these applications that are coming into these sandboxed, you know, super secure environments and check to make sure they're all valid. And do, It's actually working? I mean, uh, surely there would be a ra- ways around 
you know, the, the walls. Surely the walls aren't that thick to begin with. Can't you, like, own someone through a browser bug and then, you know, install stuff? Or, or, or does everything just have to be signed? Have they done that right? Uh, so from what we've seen, uh, we've done quite a few tests about, um, I guess, around especially over-the-air provisioning of devices and things like that and, and pushing code to a device and, and seeing if the application signing actually works on the device. And from what we've seen, it's worked perfectly fine. In the past, you know, it's always been seen that whitelisting is a hell of a lot better than blacklisting. Yeah, from what we've seen, it's been working quite well. Obviously, in any device, there may be certainly ways to subvert it, but at this stage, especially uh, the phones that are fully managed by the enterprise, we've seen it working quite effectively. And that would be in the sort of BlackBerry examples there when someone's got, you know, BlackBerry Enterprise Server or whatever and they just lock them down through yeah. policy. Yeah, and completely, uh, basically restrict the user to uh, their only only functions that are required for their daily function and anything above that is locked. So even the user's ability to, I guess, put the phone in a state that would allow application installation doesn't even work. So That said, we have seen some scenarios where, you know, to, to actually have a... Uh, an application signed for BlackBerry, all you really need is like 20 bucks and a credit card, you know, uh, and you can go to, to RIM's site and, you know, buy yourself some, some developer keys that'll na- enable you to sign apps. And I don't understand that there's great key revocation and, and stuff going on there. I, can under- I understand that, you know, if they pull your key, you won't be able to sign any more apps, but any bad apps that are floating out there will still be valid. I mean, that, that's right, isn't it, Ben? Um, definitely. However, you've you got to look at it in terms of um, deploying it in your enterprise. And I guess our most experience, uh, most of our experience lies with Windows Mobile and SEMDM. So I, I don't want to make too much of a comment about BlackBerry's approach. But with uh, the Windows Mobile environment, you can deploy your own certificates as your organization and sign your applications using those certificates. So you're the one that's actually um, in control of what's run. I I guess it brings the control into your own hands. The current iPhone model obviously leaves it up to Apple to decide what is best for devices, and certainly for an enterprise, that's not ideal. Um, And that's why you you really should be controlling your own certificate Mm. authority and controlling the apps that are going to be run on your devices rather than leaving it up to another enterprise to do. Um, Despite the fact there are controls there for Apple... Uh, in deciding what applications are actually pushed onto iPhones or can be pushed onto iPhones, they they don't cover any of your risk management practices within your organisation, um, and you know their their checklist certainly wouldn't match your corporate security practice. So you're actually describing this sort of utopian vision of computing where everything's just running what it should be running. I mean, it sounds awesome. Why aren't we doing this with our desktops, man? <laughs> Because it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Um, getting your code signed, and, and one of the, I guess, the arguments against it is it actually reduces the amount of programs that are out there. I mean, you know, if you but, want... but don't you think it's a pain in the butt running around with intrusion prevention systems and desktop AV and patching agents yeah, and all true. of that sort of stuff? I mean, isn't that a pain in the ass as that, well? That is, that is as well. Um, I, I guess it's what the, the users demand, and the users don't have to look at your, your IPS, your um, intrusion, you know, all that kind of your firewalls. They don't think about that. They just want to be able to download something from the internet, double-click, and it works. Well, do you think that we could be heading this way? Because, you know, I interviewed a bloke, uh, Dan Gear, you know, uh, who's actually the chief information security officer of InQtel uh, in the US, and he, he you know... He believes that um, in the future we could be seeing more of these sort of specific 
purpose devices, sort of like the iPad and, you know, you'll, you'll have Android operating systems and stuff where you can only download certain applications from certain application stores. Do you think that's something that we're going to see more of? And if so, do you think it's a good thing for general consumer security? Um, I would say yes, even though me as a personal computer user doesn't really want that. Um, but again, with the examples that we've seen in the wild, and I keep on bringing it back to that iPhone example, because it it does really seem to work. Um, Obviously, with any controls in place, if someone works hard enough, they will find a way to subvert it. It's about raising the bar higher. Oh, you said raise the bar. You're not allowed. See, so if you were a listener, you'd know that you're not allowed to say raising oh, the bar. Did you get bingos? Yeah, you're not allowed to say raising the bar. You're not allowed to say low hanging fruit or silver bullet. Oh, but that's one of the questions we got asked in the talk. Yeah, yeah low hanging fruit. The, the, the low hanging fruit. Hanging fruit. Do, yeah. do your fruit hang low, as Adam Boileau would ask. But it is kind of hard to convince people that they need to spend money on this stuff when the threat hasn't actually materialised in the wild, isn't it? I mean, apart from, yeah, a jailbroken iPhone, some kid changed the, the, the wallpaper to a picture of Rick Astley, ho, 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 you know, lol, that was funny. But, you know, it's not exactly going to convince executives that they've got this massive fireball called mobile, you know, badness hurtling towards their corporate HQ. Are you finding that outside of government, because government, you know, obviously they're, they're, they're standards and, and they're regulated up the wazoo for this sort of thing, but are you finding people in the corporate environment are actually taking this stuff seriously? So I guess there are because these management solutions, it's not just about stopping bad shit on your um, on your phone. It's about managing the device. It's about providing secure access to your line of business applications. So you can do that using a VPN client. Um, it makes the administrator's job a lot easier. So you've got all these value-add benefits for these products. Even before you get to security. E- exactly, even before you get to security. So you're telling me there's a business case oh, to secure yeah. these things... And it's actually quite easy to secure these things and, 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 and it's doable and stuff and it doesn't cost an arm and a leg and it, and it works. Um, yeah, without sounding like every other guy that tries you know, to talk about a security product, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, I mean, it is a solution that does have, um, I, I guess, some things that you've got to watch out for. Yeah, so it, it's not... It, it's definitely no... SB, I won't say it. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, but it makes your life a lot easier. Um, and yeah. It's it's always a, a thing with IT, you know, until everyone gets completely... Hosed. Their system gets completely hosed, they don't do anything about it. So, I don't know, maybe we just sit here and in two weeks suddenly yeah. this virus sweeps across the whole BlackBerry suite. And, yeah. I don't know, across the iPhone... Yeah, you know, it's until something happens, generally people don't take notice and I guess Well what do you think about the idea of all these, you know, big big companies that sell shrink wrap product all of a sudden pushing A V for mobile devices? Do you think that's actually um sensible? Because it seems a big bloody waste of CPU and battery to me, but um you know, all your big guys are pushing yeah. pushing pretty hard to get their, you know, semantic or McAfee or whatever onto your device. What do you think of that? Um, so I guess in terms of protecting against, you know, malicious applications, it's a total waste of money. However, you look at a lot of these um, vendors' websites and that's not the main thing that they're pushing. They're pushing the whole endpoint solution as they always do. Um, Still a waste of money? For an educated user, yeah, for an uneducated user a little bit less of a waste of money. 
But for a government client, would you recommend that they actually use these security solutions, third-party security solutions, or do you think that the mobile, you know, the people who are making these mobile OSs actually have enough of a clue to make it securable out of the box? Um, I, I think they're pretty secure out of the box, and um, uh, after configuration, uh, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Yes, big as so <laughs> out of the box is interesting. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> it's um, you know, once you have gotten it out of the box and secured it with a you know a mobile device server or something like that, uh, pushed all of the policies and things like that, then yes, I you know application execution installation controls seem to do the job fairly well. Yeah, I guess once those, um, you know, mobile phone, smartphone, AV vendors start showing some decent statistics of infections, um, yeah. All right, well, Ben Bromhead and Ken Hendry, thank you very much for speaking to Risky Business. Thank you. Thanks, mate.